Hi, and welcome to Airwaves, a student-led podcast to discuss all things anesthesia for pre-clerk and junior clerk medical students. My name is Alexa, and I'm a third year, whoa, third year, when did that happen, <laughs> medical student at McMaster, and I'm so excited to be here today. Joining me is my co-host, Grace, who's a second-year medical student at McMaster. And as always, this podcast reflects our own views and not necessarily those of our institution. And I'd also like to remind you that the Airwave podcast is not for medical advice, just good old-fashioned medical education. Wow, I know I'm kind of shocked to hear second year as well. I guess that's what happens come July of every year. But I guess it's only episode two of this podcast, but that name Airwave still gets me pretty excited. I have to say it's a great pun, and honestly, I wish I could say I came up with it, but unfortunately, I can't. But more than the name, what's even more exciting is today's podcast content. Today, what we'd like to discuss is the practice of anesthetist, and do that by debunking some of the misconceptions that students might have with anesthesia. To highlight that point, I'd like you all to sit back close your eyes, and think back to the first day of medical school or walking into the doors of the interest group fair. And on that big white bristle board, if you saw anesthesia, what exactly went through your mind? And not to spoil the rest of the episode, but they definitely do more than just put people to sleep. Right, so let's get to it and tackle that myth right now. All anesthesiologists do is put people to sleep in the OR. And admittedly, when I started medical school, you know, just a short year ago, I guess, that was definitely my first impression of um, anesthesia, unfortunately. And I think I blame Gray's Anatomy a little bit for this, where the anesthesiologists kind of just sat in the corner, had some version of a Sudoku out, and the surgeons were somehow specialized in everything from internal medicine to cardiac surgery. Quite incredible on the surgeon part, but definitely unrealistic. And if you think I'm kidding, there's a newspaper article written actually in the Hamilton Spectator on Grey's Anatomy and the poor representation of anesthesia in the show. So definitely check out our show notes if you want to kind of learn more about that as well. So needless to say, I did definitely didn't know much about anesthesia at all. And I would have to say I learned a lot uh, more about it by actually seeing it in real life by doing horizontal electives. And if you don't go to McMaster, these are basically observerships that you could t- take part in in first year medical school. And it was actually, to my surprise, the anesthesiologist was doing everything from airway management to administering drugs and doing procedures, definitely a very cerebral and physical specialty. And given that I'm only about a year into medical school, I'm still learning more and more about the specialty and both um, the scope of practice in and outside the operating room. And it's so true that you definitely learn the most of a specialty when you actually get to see it in person. And what that revealed is while it's definitely true that operative management is a huge part of the job, there's so much more to their scope of practice. An anesthesiologist today is both a perioperative consultant, which is a big word to say that they're involved in the care of patients from the pre-op evaluation to the management of a patient's pain when the surgery is over. And this is, of course, in addition to being the primary deliverer of care to patients while in the operating room. But in addition to the OR, where they're responsible for the management of patients, anesthetists can always can 
also be found in many different places in the hospital. This includes the pre-op clinic where they might be doing um, the assessment of patients for their fitness to undergo anesthesia. You can also find anesthetists in the ICU where they diagnose and treat critical illness, which I think is so cool, but that's a discussion for another day. You can find them in the OR assisting with cardiac, or sorry, ER assisting with cardiac, pulmonary, and trauma resuscitations. You'll also find them in L&D, placing an epidural, or in the endoscopy suite, giving procedural sedation. They might be part of the APS service, where they do consultations on the ward for patients with postoperative pain, and you'll also find them in chronic pain clinics. So as you can see, anesthetists can be found in many different places. That can also make finding your staff or your resident when you really need them a little bit tricky. And I guess that brings us to our second myth, where anesthesia always seems like it's the same thing. And I definitely agree. I can't count how many times people wonder if anesthesia is boring because it's always the same thing, or at least looks like it. Monitors, intubate, sedate, awake. And in reality, not only is there diversity in the settings of practice, as Alexa just mentioned, but anesthesiologists are not restricted by either patient population or body system. At the end of the day, all specialties, including anesthesia, will have their bread and butter. Think of a normal labor and delivery for obstetricians, rheumatoid arthritis for rheumatology, or COPD exacerbations for internists. And you can think of it like this. A very wise resident once told me that you can think of anesthesia like you have a well-developed skill set that you apply to each unique patient case, taking into account both surgical and patient factors to develop your anesthetic plan and optimize patient outcomes. Big shout out to Sean for this wisdom. So as you can see, anesthesia requires knowledge about the course and complications of many different surgeries, an understanding of the pathophysiology of many different diseases, and an understanding of how different populations may react to an anesthetic. Thinking back to those days where I used to be in the hospital, I still remember when I was in the OR with one of my staff and he gave the exact same anesthetic to three different patients throughout the day. I was so surprised uh, about how different their hemodynamic response was to arguably the exact same drug. Suffice to say, it's definitely not always the same thing. But on the other hand, you do also have to be comfortable with this idea of developing routines in anesthesia. Staff usually have their own specific approach to doing things, usually based on their training or available guidelines, but it's not to be nitpicky, but a way to avoid medical errors. And many cases in anesthesia can seem very similar, but the key to avoiding mistakes is to embrace these routines. I have to say it's definitely not a myth that your staff will ask you to place their syringes in the exact same order that they always do. And again, don't take it personally. It's for patient safety. But to switch gears a little bit and to bring us to our third myth, which is kind of linked to the second, is that we've all likely heard some association between anesthesiologists and Sudokus or Candy Crush or whatever it is that people have on their phones these days. Um, and in saying Candy Crush, I'm probably revealing that I am now a third-year medical student and dating myself. Um, but essentially, the myth boils down to this. Anesthesiologists are essentially paid to sit while the surgeons do the real work. And what I didn't appreciate during uh, my time in the OR with anesthesiologists, and 
And I really didn't appreciate this until I started trying to make a tentative plan for patients, was just how cerebral the specialty is. They make it look so easy, but there's so much that goes into planning an anesthetic for the patient, um, to the choice of the drugs that you use, uh, to the choice of position. There's so many different variables, and your anesthesiologist is... While they might seem calm, cool, and collected, they've appraised all those different uh, patient factors, and they've also been able to link that information uh, with what they're getting, for example, on the patient's monitors, um, what the drugs they've given so far. And they also have to do this while thinking about what complications could arise and how they would manage that if that were to occur. So there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that you definitely have to think about when you give an anesthetic. And the other thing is that people think that anesthesia is boring because nothing ever happens. The 99% smooth sailing, if you will, that you hear about anesthesia. But that's because Anesthesia is all about preventing bad things from happening in the first place by anticipating what could go wrong and trying to do everything that you can to mitigate against that. Again, wise words of wisdom. If it's boring, it's probably because it's being done well. And our fourth and final myth is kind of along the same lines is that it seems that anesthesiologists don't diagnose. Are they even real doctors? And not to spoil it, they definitely are real doctors. And it might seem true that compared to other specialties, you aren't usually putting together elements of a patient's history to first diagnose them with a medical condition. However, there will be situations, for example, in general anesthesia, such as hypotension, increased circuit pressures, that will actually require these quick diagnostic skills during the case to kind of figure out what could be causing these problems and potential avenues to fix them. So that kind of brings me to my next point is that an important part of anesthesia is developing organized and algorithmic approaches so that you can troubleshoot these abnormal parameters in a time-sensitive manner, um, definitely requiring quote-unquote doctor skills or diagnostic skills as well. And a final thought that struck me when thinking about the scope of practice of anesthesia, and I had a really good conversation with one of my senior residents when working with them, was just how high the degree of responsibility can be. You aren't just putting someone to sleep in the OR. You are quite literally managing someone's most vital functions while they're unable to do that. And that's no small feat. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode and make sure to check out the next episode of our mini series. Um, We'll take a deeper dive with a special guest to describe what a career in anesthesia can actually look like. We'd also like to give a huge thank you to doctors Jordan Album, Nick Timmerman, and Sean Ja, who are all PGY2 anesthesia residents at MAC and who have given us great feedback for this project so far. We'd also like to thank Dr. Daniel Cordovani, a staff anesthesiologist at McMaster, for his continued support of this project. Also, make sure to check out our website for the show notes. Tweet at us at our Twitter account, which is at Airwave Podcast, and follow us on Instagram for any questions or suggestions. And until next time, keep working hard, stay healthy and safe, take some nice deep breaths, and count back from 10. <laughs>